Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to continue looking at faith. Uh, I, I don't know how many more lessons I'm going to do on this. This might be the last one uh, for a little while. We might go on to um, wisdom in the next lesson. Let's see how the Lord leads. Um, but I, I just thought that this was uh, just timely right now for everything that we're going through. Remember again that we've been looking at uh, the importance of faith. We looked at faith as substance. Today what I want to do is look at faith as assurance, as I promised you last time. And uh, I think it's very timely, this particular area of faith that we're going to look at. The, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, let me begin by reading it. It says there, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. The New International Version puts it this way. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Oh, you'll, you'll understand why, why I'm so excited about this today uh, as we go through this. In the literal text, it says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It, that is faith, is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Do you know right now we are dealing with a, a very difficult situation uh, worldwide <clears throat> with this pandemic and the things that are going on. And especially, you know, just in our country and uh, the areas where we're living in, uh, we really need God's assurances right now. We really need to trust God, uh, you know. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, we all have hopes, don't we? We're all hoping for things. And I, you know, I know you'd put your hand up. If I could see, I could see all of your hands going, maybe two hands going up, <laughs> okay? We're all hoping for, for things to change. Uh, and we're hoping for, for better things. And uh, <clears throat> I want you to notice that God has given us something so that we don't have to just be spectators. We can actually get into this and make a difference. Please, if you're out there, I want you to do something. I want you to exercise your faith. I don't want you to just think, well, this is how it is, and we're just going to have to go down into lockdown or whatever it is and, <clears throat> and just hope for the best. Remember I told you, this is not that kind of hope. This hope trusts God. Amen. And this hope puts its trust in God, and that's the reason why faith can give substance to it. Amen? <clears throat> now, we, we looked at some of this before. We will get back into some of those things we looked at before uh, in just a moment. In his commentary, R. Kent Hughes makes the following observations. He says, true faith is neither brainless nor a sentimental feeling. I love this. He says, true faith is neither brainless nor a sentimental feeling. It is a solid conviction, listen, resting on God's word that makes the future present and the invisible seen. Faith has at its core a massive sense of certainty. Wow. Now, I know I, I uh, gave you this quote before, uh, but like I said, I've straight lined this now. And so with regard to assurance, that's where this really comes into play. Faith has at its core a massive sense of certainty. In other words, it's not a massive sense of uncertainty. It's not a massive sense of, dear God, I hope so. This is faith in, you know, at its core because what God has said, because of what God has said in his word. <clears throat> you know, he, I, I could quote you a whole lot of things. I got a whole lot of scriptures going in my brain right now. But let me just quote you one scripture that says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen? And you know what? This virus is a weapon that has been formed against us. The more and more that we get into it and the more we, you know, people are finding out that this thing wasn't just an accident. And it was designed and it was a weapon that was formed against mankind. 
And I want you to know that the Bible tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. This is the time to stand on your faith, family. This is the time to believe God's word. This is the time to exercise this faith and see a miracle take place in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> Romans, I want to go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, again, in regard to what uh, R. Kent Hughes said, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reading too many things at once, where he said, true faith is neither brainless or, sen or sentimental feeling, it is a solid conviction resting on God's word that makes, resting on God's word, that makes the future present, the invisible scene, and that faith as it, at its core has a massive sense of certainty. In Romans chapter 4, verse 20, we see this we, in the life of Abraham, <clears throat> Romans chapter 4, I'm going to be reading in verses 20 and 21. It says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. How are you doing right now? <laughs> okay, I'm going to pause right now. You know, it's easy to read about other people. What about you? Are you in this position? Are you staggering not at the promises of God, the promise that I just gave you? Are you staggering not at it? Are you, are you strong in faith? Are you giving glory to God? Are you standing there saying, thank you, God, I'm giving you glory, praise, and honor right now because I know that you are God. I don't care what's going on right now. I know that you are God in my life and that you will look after everything in my life. Whatever I need, everything that I need is going to come from you. <clears throat> See, this is one of those times when you know, I think in the Western world, in our world, in our side, you know, we rely a lot on things around us, don't we? Okay? You know, we rely on our jobs and we, you know, there are people on the other side of the world, they rely, to they rely totally on God. I mean, they don't know when they're going to eat their next meal. If God doesn't bring it, they starve. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? You know, we have welfare and we have all these other things. And I think sometimes we get lazy. And we stop trusting God. We're trusting more in the government. Then we get upset with them when they don't do all the right things by us. But the Bible never tells us that we are to put our faith in the government. The Bible tells us that we are to put our faith in God. And when things are going wrong, we need to trust that God knows where we live. He's got our address. <laughs> Amen. And whatever he needs to get to us, he'll get to us. You know, there is, I, I said this to you before. You know, the amount of money in this world hasn't changed. It's still there. Listen to me. All right, which means that, you know, it, because it hasn't just disappeared, it's still there and your name is on some of it. But you need to believe and receive. Now, if you say, well, you know, I, taking into account the circumstances, well, as soon as you do that, then you limit God to how he's going to bless you. Did you hear me? You can't limit God. You need to believe. See, Jesus never said, if you can figure it out, it'll work. Jesus said, if you believe. If you don't doubt, but you believe that whatever, you know, you are, you are saying and whatever you are praying about, that, that it'll come to pass. You'll have whatever you pray, whatever you say. That's Mark 11, 23 and 24 put into like a quick capsule summary, okay? <clears throat> we might get to that sometime today, but we may not. I, I, there are other things I want to talk about. Let's get back to Romans 4.21. And he goes on to say now, uh, so let's, let's read 4.20 again. So, so again, he says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully persuaded. Here's the massive sense of certainty. Amen? All right? He, being fully persuaded. Can I say this? He was massively certain. All right? I know it's bad English, but I just want to make a point. All right? That what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. See, this is, I think this is one of the places where we fall short. 
we know we just think, well, you know, this is so bad. I don't know how God's going to do anything about this. You know, you might think, oh, does anybody say that? I, you know, I think sometimes on the inside of us, we think that. We will never say it out loud. It's one of those things that when you say it out loud, you kind of go, oh, you know, now that I say it, it sounds stupid. But it's interesting how many stupid things that the devil plays with your head with. You know, he'll be speaking to you about things that if you ever said it out loud, you'd just go, this is crazy. Why am I even listening to this? But, you know, when nobody is arguing with him and when, when it's just you quietly in your thought life and he's just whispering things in, it takes on a lot more weight for some reason until you say it out loud and then you realize how dumb it is. And so I want you to realize something. Whatever thoughts that are going through your mind right now, whatever worries that you have right now, you need to understand that there is a God that loves you and a God that wants to supply all of your need according not to what the government says or what the provisions might be out here, but according to his riches in glory. Amen? And remember, they're in glory. Hallelujah. And, that he is, and you need to understand that he is able to perform what he said. Abraham's faith uh, and faith in general is based on two things. Listen, primarily, first, that God cannot lie. I want to give this to you again. All right? There are two things that you need to understand. Number one, God cannot lie. This is brought out in Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. You need to know this, family. This is where it says, God is not a man. I'm reading from the New Living Translation because it is tremendous. Uh, Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. He is not a human that he should change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it out, carried it through? Excuse me. Absolutely not. Every single time he said something, he did it. (laughs) Okay, and so we can totally rely on God and his faithfulness. He is reliable and he is faithful. Hallelujah. The second thing that faith is based on is brought out in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, where it says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Now, this is, this is Jeremiah 1.12. He said, you have, This is from the New American Standard Bible. I think it is a tremendous uh, translation, especially this, this verse. It says again, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, you have seen well, I, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God is watching over his word to perform it. You speak the word of God out of your heart and out of your mouth, family. He is watching over that word. He sees that word and he will make sure that that word comes to pass in your life. Hallelujah. You'll never get to heaven and say, God, I said all these things, nothing happened. You know, if, if, if that's happening to you, go check and see how other things in your life are going. You know, we'll talk about the enemies of faith uh, some way in this series. I don't want to do this series, you know, take a long time on this. <laughs> because I tend to do that a little bit, don't I? I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I will break it up. Uh, we'll get to James next, uh, and we'll look at wisdom. And uh, I think we need that right now as well. But more than anything else, you know, faith is important right now. We need to be sure. We need to have this assurance on the inside of us that whatever God, is, God, whatever God said in his word and whatever God has said to you specifically, that he will, make, he will bring it to pass. He will make sure it comes to pass is what I was going to say first. All right. So once again, these are the two foundations uh, that the supernatural world overcoming faith is based on. Hallelujah. God's faithfulness and God's trustworthiness. All right. In fact, in his commentary, William MacDonald says that faith is confidence. Oh, listen, if you're falling asleep, wake up now. You need to hear this. All right. Listen to this. I love this. Faith is confidence in the trustworthiness of God. It is the conviction that what God says is true and what he promises will come to pass. Did you hear that? Faith must have some revelation from God, some promise of God, 
as its foundation. So that's really important right now, that faith needs, you know, one of these two things or both of these things, either a revelation, re revelation from God, I'm speaking very fast here, all right, either a revelation from God or some promise of God as its foundation, something that you've seen in the Bible or something that God has revealed to you, uh, you know, through His Spirit, all right? Usually it happens together. Usually you find the Scripture, you know, you might be thumbing through your Bible and praying over something and you suddenly land on a Scripture and suddenly it just comes alive. You know what I'm trying to say? And God says, that's for you now. And you go, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And that just goes off on, off on the inside of you, and you just go, this is for me now. See, that the word is quick, it's powerful. Hebrews tells us, sharper than any two-edged sword, it is a living thing. And whenever God speaks his word to you, it will come with life. It will come with assurance. Oh, hallelujah. But that's not what I'm excited about. <laughs> Let me keep reading. Um, it says, it is not a leap in the dark. Oh, it demands the surest evidence in the universe and finds it in the Word of God. It is not limited to possibilities. Listen, this is, where, uh, this is what excites me so much. It is not limited to possibilities. It is not limited to possibilities. It is not limited to what everybody else says is possible, is, you know, can be done. It, but it says, but invades the realm of the impossible. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you love that? It invades the realm of the impossible. When everybody says it can't be done, faith says, watch this. Hallelujah. And it just goes for it. Praise God. Someone once said, I love this, faith begins where possibilities end. And difficulties are simply food for faith to feed on. Ugh. Don't you love that? You have a problem. You have a difficulty. Oh, that's just food for my faith. It's just going to eat that up and show to all the world that God is God. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's none other like him. Whatever he said, he will make sure comes to pass in your life. That's the revelation that the apostle John got. And what he said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever is born of God isn't under the circumstances. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Oh, see, the Apostle John equates faith with victory. He says the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. That, you know, <laughs> you might say, well, you know, my faith isn't doing so well. Well, that's not victory, is it? Can I just say maybe that ain't faith? Or maybe that's little faith, like Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. You need to build your faith up, family. Hallelujah. You've got everything it takes on the inside of you to, to move mountains, to walk on water, to change water into wine. You know, it's all in there. You just need to develop it. Hallelujah. And we'll talk about that as well at some stage. All right. In fact, the writer of Hebrews himself said in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 32 through 34, he says, well, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. Notice he didn't stop there. He said all the prophets, <laughs> right? Verse 33, it says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. Do you know this is what caused them to overthrow kingdoms? This is what caused them to overcome the world. Can I say that? All right, this is the victory, all right? It says again here, by faith, again, I mean Hebrews 11.33, it says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice. You know, to rule with justice takes faith. 
Because sometimes, you know, <laughs> the pressure that comes on you to be socially correct and religiously correct and all sorts of other correctness, and after a little while, you don't know what's right. These people, I want you to notice, it says that these people, by faith, ruled with justice. When they said, you know, how did they, you know, uh, measure justice? It was according to what God said, not what we thought, what we believed, what we want to do that's socially right and everything else. Listen, we need to be careful, man. I mean, we are to love everybody. Let me just stop here for a second. You know, yes, we are to love everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave. And we need to not judge people. Did you hear what I said? We can, we can judge a sin without judging the person. We need to know how to do, you know, do that. We need to love the person and judge a sin. We need to understand. Let me give you an example. I'm seeing something in my head. Let me give you this example very quickly. You know, if, if you saw your child playing with a snake that was venomous and that could kill him, what are you going to do? Well, I want to be socially correct, brother. So I'm not going to say to that child, Oh, child of mine. <laughs> okay. Oh, child of mine, please don't play with that snake. But if I feel like I'm encroaching on your freedoms, well, go ahead and play with the snake. And you can die. And that's okay. We'll bury you. You know what I'm trying to say? This is the stupidity where mankind gets to the place where we, you know, hey, you see that happening. You either step on the snake or pull the child away, do something. You're not going to let them, you know, kind of be all passive about it. You need to understand that you, you know, you might say, well, I might hurt the child as I'm taking it away. Well, can I say this, sweetheart? It's better to hurt him a little bit, taking him away from that, than for him to get stung and die. And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. <laughs> Moving on, all right, so I said that this was the, by faith, these people ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. By faith, they received what God has promised them. By faith, they received what was not seen. They received a promise. Did you get that? And it says, and by faith, they shut the mouth of lions. Well, we know that's Daniel, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. Verse 34, by faith, they quenched the flames of fire and escaped death, uh, death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. Can I say this? By faith, their weakness was turned to strength. Whatever weakness you think you might have, if you have faith in God, God will take that weakness and it will turn it to become your strength. Hallelujah. Only God can do that, by the way. And finally, it says they became strong in battle. Notice that they became strong in battle. Do you remember the, the, the story of Gideon? He was weak. He was, you know, when the angel came, he goes, you, I think you took the wrong turn somewhere, man. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the least of everybody in the house. We're the least of all of the household, and then I'm the least of the least. <laughs> kind of thing. He was going, I'm down there. You know, when, you know the bottom of the barrel? Well, I'm not the bottom. I'm under the barrel, you know, okay? I'm just that bad. And, and, he, and, and the angel said, no, you are a mighty man of God. <laughs> Gideon's going, what have you been smoking, you know? <laughs> You've been around the of incense too long. No, <laughs> that's how God works. God sees something in you. And, you know, I, I really love this. It says they became strong in battle. He, Gideon decided to believe, and that, that was a fleece thing, okay? And that was okay for him because he, he didn't have the word. He couldn't go to the word. He, that, all he got was what somebody, what the angel said. Now, you might say it's an angel, man. <laughs> what else do you want? But, you know, what I'm trying to say, you know, when you're, you, when you're freaking out, when you're scared, you need a little bit of assurance, all right? Okay, all right. So anyway, getting back to this, I, I, know, I want you to notice, it, you know, this is all by faith. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. 
Oh, praise God. Not just a few, whole armies to flight. In their commentary, Hendrickson and Kistemacher say that the heroes of faith have one thing in common. Listen, I love this. They put their undivided confidence in God. Undivided confidence. They didn't go, well, I've got a little bit of confidence in God, but just in case... You know, I've got my, I've got a, you know, put my confidence in this just in case that doesn't work. I've got this as a backup plan. You know what I'm trying to say? And, you know, I'm not against backup plans, but be careful that those things are come, aren't coming in and eroding your faith. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you trust God, you trust God. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. Okay. That's all I'll say. I don't want to make you feel bad. All right. Getting back to this. In spite of all their trials, I'm, I'm again reading Hendrickson and Kissamaka's quote here. In spite of all their trials and difficult circumstances, they triumphed. Because of their trust in God, regardless of what the situation was, because they trust in God, they won. Okay, and it goes on to say, for for the author, faithful. Uh, excuse me, for the author. This is of Hebrews. Okay, faith is adhering to the promises of God, depending on the word of God. Uh, listen to this. Okay, again, let me reread this again. For the author, faith is adhering to the promises of God. Okay, number two, depending on the word of God. And number three, remaining faithful to the Son of God. Do you want me to read that again? Okay, let me say it again. <laughs> okay. For the author, faith is adhering to the promises of God. I mean, faith, you know, as far as the author is concerned, faith adheres to the promises of God. I mean, it sticks to it like glue. Do you know what I'm trying to say? All right? It won't back off. Number two, it depends on the Word of God. You know, it, I mean, if the word says something is a certain way, then that faith says that's how it is. I don't care what the circumstances say. If that's what the word says, then that's how it is. Oh, hallelujah. And finally, it is remaining faithful to the Son of God. That means you're not looking for somebody else or something else to be Lord in your life, to look after all of your wants and your needs and your desires. You look to God. You look to the Lord for all things. Amen. Okay, all right. That's one of the things that Hebrews, are you seeing now why I said this is apt for right now, why we need this right now. All right, that's one of the things again that Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 bring out when it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want you to notice a couple of things here very quickly. I don't want to look at this. I want to look at the next verse. But I want you to notice that it says, understand that you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You are not by yourself. I don't care how much you feel like, you know, you're, you're in seclusion. You're, you know, with this lockdown, you feel isolated and, you know, separated and, and distant. And, and uh, I'm trying to think of other words, but you know what I'm saying, okay? Uh, you just kind of feel like you're, you're just kind of by yourself, all right? I don't want you to notice. He says, listen, you need to know that even at the, the moment that you are the loneliest, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I mean, you know what witnesses do? They witness, <laughs> okay? They see what's going on. They see what's happening in your life. And it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. In other words, it's saying, you know, if there's anything, you know, if there's anything in your life that is kind of weighing you down, you need to lay aside all that stuff, family. You need to just put it aside, you know, casting all of your care upon him because he cares for you. 
Amen. All right, and I want you to also to know this. It says, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, if there's any sin in your life, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Get rid of those things. Don't let any of those things hold you back and hold you down. Amen. And it says, let us run with endurance. See, it's very hard to run when you're weighed down. Did you get that? All right, we are to run and we need the freedom to run. And it says, let us run with endurance. And I want you to understand that endurance means it's not a quick sprint. Amen. <laughs> okay, life is a, you know, it's a marathon family. Have you noticed that? All right, and it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There is a race that is set before us. Yeah, but I do want to go run. Yeah, I don't care what you feel like. I don't care what you, you want or don't want. There is a race set before us. Now, the quicker we get on the track and get going, the quicker we'll get to the other side. You all hear what I'm saying? <laughs> all right? Verse 2. Okay, let's, let's, let's get on to the verse I want to get to. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I want you to notice, it says that Jesus is both the author and the finisher. Understand something. He will not leave this thing unfinished in your life. He's not on the author, but he is the finisher of your faith. And he says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despite the shame, and has sat down at the right hand uh, of the throne of God. In relation to, uh, in relation to Hebrews chapter 11, F.F. F. Bruce says this, In Old Testament times, there were many men and women who had nothing but the promises of God to rest upon, without any visible evidence that these promises would ever be fulfilled. Yet so much did these promises mean to them that they regulated the whole course of, their, course of their lives in their light. In other words, they were men and women of faith. Their faith consisted simply in taking God at His word and directing their lives accordingly. Things yet future, as far as their experience went, were thus present to, uh, were thus present to faith, and things outwardly unseen were, uh, were visible to the inward eye. I want to look at one more thing. I, I don't have a lot of time left here. I think we can squeeze this in. Let me squeeze one more thing in, all right? <laughs> uh, I want to look at faith as substantial assurance. I want to look at the two things together. In his commentary, R. Kent Hughes says that the objective and subjective tenses of the words, just don't worry about this too much if you don't get it, it's okay, I'll explain this out, all right? The objective and subjective tenses of the word are not at odds. That is faith as assurance and faith as substance, all right? Just know that. Because genuine faith does bring an assurance of what we hope for that is solid and substantive. substantive. The, uh, the subjective certainty of our heart or excuse me, in our heart, has an objective solidity to it. For example, the subjective certainty in our heart that, of Christ being real, even though we've never seen him with our physical eyes, has the objective solidity and substance uh, to it in that he is real. And because we've accepted this reality, it actually opens the door for his manifested presence, whatever form it takes, to come into our lives in a very real way. Now, I want to give you a really quick example in... Uh, Acts chapter 7, after, Steve, after Stephen preached about Christ to the Sanhedrin, his subjective faith in Christ, uh, who, who was absolutely real to him, okay? Do you understand subjective means he believed in his heart, all right? 
uh, was rewarded with an actual vision of the Lord. In verses 55 and 56, Acts chapter 7, verses 55 and 56, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. See, he knew Jesus was real. Now he actually, and he, he believed that Jesus Christ was Lord, the Son of God, all right, and God in the flesh. But notice how what he believed in his heart now becomes a, an, an objective reality, something separate from him. He sees up into the heavens and he actually sees Jesus Christ. So what was sure in his heart now, he's actually seeing in sol solid form. <laughs> okay, can I use that word? Okay, up there. And it's like his subjective faith has met the objective side. Amen. What he believed was true, he could now see for himself as a reality. Hallelujah. Verse 56, And said, Look, I see the heavens open. See how? See with his physical eyes. He's, be, be, remember, faith looks with spiritual eyes, and it sees on the inside. Now he's seeing something with his physical eyes. That's why it says, you know, when it says we walk by faith and not by sight, faith is meant to be our sight, meant to take place of our sight. That's why it's put in that way, it, where we say we walk by faith sight, not by physical sight. Can, can I say it that way? All right, did you get that? Okay, anyway, never mind. Getting back to this, I want you to notice how his faith side is rewarded with physical side, where he says now in Acts 5, uh, 7 and verse 56, dear God, he says, and, and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Wow, hallelujah. There's so many things now today that we haven't seen that we just believe is true. Like I said, have you ever actually seen your heart? I mean, actually, not in an x-ray. I mean, really seen it. If, if you had, uh, you know, I'm sorry for you. But, okay. okay. But you know it's there. It, it beats. It. There are things that it does that lets you know it's there. Okay. Some days it does stuff and you think, whoa, why is it beating all funny like that? But, you know, okay. But, it lets, but you've never seen it. But you know what? You believe. Isn't that interesting? And there are so many things in our life in that way. So don't ever think that this is just too much to, to manage. It is something we do constantly. Hallelujah. And you need to be uh, uh, you know, aware of that. And that's why I said, but what we struggle with is the ability to accept the word of an invisible God who has promised us so much and has only two requirements. First, that you actually believe that he does exist and that you take him at his word. When he says that he does, in fact, want to bless you in more ways than you can imagine, you need to say yes, hallelujah, and thank you, Lord, rather than really, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Now, we're going to pray <laughs> uh, and conclude for today. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, especially in times like this, Father. It is so important that we just trust you, that we believe in you, that we understand that this, this is the reason why that it is impossible to please you without, without faith because we must not just believe that you exist, but also that you will look after us in times like this. And I thank you, Father, for all the brothers and sisters out there, uh, Lord, that you are looking after every single one of them. That, Father, even though we are separate, I thank you, Lord, that in the Spirit we are one in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that this prayer reaches every single one of them, that they receive this by faith in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that they remember Hebrews 11.6. And they remember that they, you are a God that <laughs> rewards those that diligently seek him. And I thank you, Father, that they dil diligently seek you through this week. And I thank you, Father, that you do reward them. You do bless them. And Father, that you are a God of more than enough, not just enough. And regardless of what the world is going through and regardless of what people next to us, a thousand may fall at one side and ten thousand on the other, but it will not come near us. And in the name of Jesus, we receive 
your provision for our life. And we will continue doing by faith all the things that you ask us to do, Father. And we, believe, we will believe and we will receive substance into our life. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.